0: I'm Charlie Hipwood, CEO of Mass Ventures.
1: And I'm Stacy Swider, an investor at Mass Ventures. And we welcome you to the Fundable Founder, where we'll be exploring relevant topics for technology entrepreneurs to help them succeed in raising capital and in growing their
0: businesses. As a founder who started and ran three companies, I didn't know what I didn't know when I first set out.
1: (laughs) But you eventually figured things out, right?
0: For the most part through trial and error and mentorship but now as a vc i'm frequently advising entrepreneurs on the same topics so stacy and i are here to share that earned wisdom with you along with the experts that we interview on a variety of subjects we are the roadmap
1: to a successful startup is at your fingertips so turn up the volume and grab the keys to success for your fundable founder journey
0: All right, welcome to another episode of the Fundable Founder. I'm joined today by Derek Canton, who's the founder and CEO of PayorPay. Pay. Welcome, Derek. Thank you. Excited to be here. I'm, I'm excited that you're here as well. You know, we met several years ago. Out at a, the first time we met was at an event at WPI, where I think you won the Crowd Choice for uh, Best Pitch. Um, and I'm, I'm so happy to see your success and your growth since then. Uh, but why don't we start out, why don't you tell us, uh, what, what is the elevator pitch for pay, or pay? What do you do?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So as we all know, 2020 absolutely changed everything, right? The, the went contactless. And although it might be easier for you and I to use things like Apple Pay and Google Pay to go contactless, the reality is, is there are millions of merchants that are still struggling to adapt. So what we're doing is in this world where, you know, groceries just show up at your door and everything now is virtual, there's still merchants that are accepting payments over the phone and giving you a piece of paper and a pen to sign for when you show up, right? And for so many reasons, they shouldn't be doing this. And this is exactly where we step in. So we're helping merchants with legacy POS systems, uh, providing them a solution to provide a contactless option that requires no new hardware, no changing their processors. And the best part is us as individuals don't have to worry about downloading the app to get set up and start going.
0: And I don't have to give my credit card information over the phone anymore, right?
1: Just exactly. some random person. <laughs> yeah. And there was actually, there was a recent article that the new dining and dashes is, is people calling in their orders and disputing charges. So merchants are now losing you know, billions of dollars as a result of this. And so that's another thing we're actually helping solve because it's we're, we're a different type of transaction and I don't get too technical, but we're doing some cool stuff and we're helping merchants nationwide and it, it's been really exciting.
0: That's great. Well, and anything to get our, you know, kind of uh, local businesses back up and running, many of whom that had to shut down for a while um, is great. So thank you for all the work you're doing. So why don't you just go back a few years? What's the origin story for Derek and PayorPay? Like why did you come up with this? But what, what you know, what really got you going on this on this journey?
1: Yeah, that's that's a really good question. You know, it's funny because I remember when I first started my entrepreneurial journey, I would kind of do research on like other founders and their, you know, their Eureka moment, if you were, where they just said, I'm going to do this and they're going to get millions of dollars and solve this problem and become a billionaire. Right. Um, And then as more as I looked into that, I realized that's not at all how it really happens. Um, When I first got started, I was actually working at a a Dell EMC. So I had a day job. I recently graduated college and I had an e-commerce company back in college and just loved entrepreneurship. Um, And some of the best advice that uh, I got was you can be an entrepreneur, but you don't have to be a starving entrepreneur because you don't have to work harder than everybody else, but like just start learning, just start doing. Um, And so I'm I'm self-taught in a lot of things. So, you know, graphic design, product design, you know, just talking to customers, trying to find a real problem to solve. And I went through three or four iterations before I even figured out something that might be interesting enough to, to solve. Um, You know, for me, I had the opportunity to go to uh, a hackathon in Las Vegas called Money 2020, which is one of the world's largest fintech hackathons. And I had this idea initially around like, you know, food ordering and and ordering as a group and DoorDash went on to do it. So maybe I should, you know, knock on the door and ask for some equity. But that's a different (laughs) conversation. Um, But I realized I was trying to solve too many things all in one solution. And I said, well, if I can do one thing really, really well. Uh, what would that look like? And so for me, with my my passion for having really great customer experiences and me being a tech nerd and loving payments, it was a natural intersection. And I had this thesis around, you know, the best payment experience is one where you don't have to pay. And it was kind of a little of a joke at first, but the question was, well, how close can we get to that payment experience where it adds a lot of value? Um, and we started that on that journey in, in 2016, officially started the business in 2017. And really things didn't really come together until, you know, uh, 2020 of, the, of this past year of when COVID hit and the world shut down and they needed a contactless option. And, you know, they say uh, opportunity is, is preparation, meeting timing. Yep. And so I had plenty of time to be prepared and the timing worked out where we had the perfect solution uh, given the, the the state of the
0: world. That's awesome. And You've already touched on several themes that I see in successful entrepreneurs. You're passionate, you're intellectually curious, um, and and just have that strong work work ethic. And that that's come across for many years. At what point did you decide to to not be a starving entrepreneur and actually go diving headfirst into just doing pay or pay?
1: <laughs> so that's, that's a really great question. And I would say I'd answer a couple of ways. One is is I knew I wanted to sometime to some point take that jump to go full-time. And I knew that there was gonna be a level of financial insecurity that would come with that. And I said, well, if I'm gonna make that jump, how can I mitigate my risk as much as possible, right? So, you know, when I was at Dell EMC, I I decided to live with my parents and I saved as much money as I could. And I said, okay, well, when I jump, I need to make sure I have plenty of runway and know exactly what the opportunity looks like when I'm jumping, right? So I went full-time in 2018 when I was accepted into the Mass Challenge Accelerator Program. And I said, "Hey, look! I have about a year to just like heads down figure this out." And I knew that I had to raise some money to be able to eventually, you know, grow and actually be sustainable, right? And I did whatever I could to kind of keep my cost of living low, and you know, I was living with my siblings when I eventually moved to Boston, and right. So you you, you do those things to make sure you can survive. Um, But at the same time as I put myself on a timeline, I said, look, I have a year to come up with a real plan, a path to funding. Um, If not, then, you know, it's, there's probably, it's probably not the right timing, not the right opportunity, and I should still have my day job. And I sought a lot of guidance when I made that decision, because once you step away from your full-time job to be all in, uh, it's, it's a very, very different lifestyle mentality. And it's, uh, and if you aren't cautious of when you do that, you can get burned out pretty quickly.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. And, and not only stepping away from your daytime job, but a really good job. <laughs> it's, you were at a great company and a great job. and um, uh, But, you know, you, you did make that move. You became an entrepreneur. Uh, you went headfirst. You, you, you saved up that money. What was your strategy then around, around raising money? Did you start off by doing a small friends and family to supplement your savings? Did you did you try to win some money in competitions and things like that? How did you kind of get off the ground?
1: Yeah, so that's a good question. So it's a little bit of kind of all, all of the above. You know, we did a, win a couple competitions and got some, some dollars. But when you're talking about really scaling a business and hiring employees and even giving myself a salary, you know, like there it, it takes real dollars and getting a few thousand dollars here and there just wouldn't have cut it. And for me, this is my first kind of entrepreneur experience in a startup where like we need capital to grow and day one, we're not going to be profitable. Right. Right. And so we need to be intentional about the money that we're burning. Who Who is it going to go to, how we're going to spend these funds, et cetera. And, um, and candidly, when I first started, I was like, all right, this is gonna happen. I'm gonna have a pitch deck. I'm gonna walk into a boardroom somewhere. I'm gonna give this great presentation. The you know, the, the people will look at each other, put their heads down to write something down, slide <laughs> a check across the table, and you know, I'll have millions of dollars, right? Because that's what you see on TV. <laughs> and uh that was not my my experience. And really there was a couple of things that really changed my perspective on fundraising at an early stage. The first thing was I had a mentor who told me, he said, look. You know, as an entrepreneur, a lot of times we are in this perspective of, oh my gosh, I need money, right? And it's almost the sense of desperation, right? You need to change that perspective and say, look, you are building something of value and you're giving people the opportunity to be a part of that journey with you. And if they don't want to be a part of it, that's totally okay because that means they're not right for you, right? Yeah. So that was the first thing that absolutely changed my perspective because the reality was, is I got way more no's than I got a yes. And I said, look, every single no is going to be closer to the right yes. Because if you get the right yes from the wrong person, that alone can kill you, right? Who, so who was the was-
0: person that gave you that advice? Because that's tremendous advice. So the person was
1: Bob Mason, who I, th- I think you yeah. know really well. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we had, a, we had a, a, a really great conversation in Boston. He bought me lunch and he kind of just like shook me a little bit and said, look, Derek, like, don't go play the game of fetch a rock. And, and what he meant <laughs> by that is a lot of times, investors always wanna see things to help de-risk the business. Yep. And there's never gonna be enough they you could see to de-risk the business. And if there was everything you'd see, then you'd be a profitable company and have millions of dollars in your <laughs> bank and you're not really an early stage startup, right? right. Um, so that was the first thing, and then the second thing that was really helpful as well too is, is I almost took this approach of almost like it's kind of like dating. Like you don't just show up on a date and ask to get married, right? Like you don't just show up and say, "Okay, I'm ready for a check," right? And um, and another thing I heard, and this was from Clem from from TechStars, he said, "Investors invest in lines and not in points." Okay. And what he meant by that was if you can have someone follow your trajectory, it makes investing a lot easier. And what that looks like practically was sending out monthly updates and being yep. in communication with investors and the good and the bad, right? And hey, there's a little bit of a curveball. we're navigating this, we're getting through this and problem solved. Because the reality is, is, is that like things will blow up, things will be on fire, there will be challenges and curveballs, and they want an entrepreneur that's gonna be able to get through those and not just be like, oh, well, things got hard so i'm out right yep. and i think being because i was able to demonstrate that you know for at least six months before i actually asked for money when i asked for money people said hey look you know the business is still early but this is an entrepreneur that i want to back yep and it's 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 worked out ever since which has been good and we recently just closed actually our, our second round of capital which has been awesome
0: that's awesome, awesome. And, and and the advice you're giving is 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 good advice it's it's poignant it's Something we hear from a lot of successful first time entrepreneurs is, you know, do those monthly updates, right? Like take those potential investors on the journey with you and try to build that trust, right? Because they're investing in you as a person. They're investing in Derek and, and his ability to kind of grow this business, whatever trajectory that might take and whatever path that might take. And so you're building that trust, right? Because they're ultimately investing in you. Nobody, to your point, right, you can't build that trust by walking into one boardroom giving a 30-minute pitch and then expect somebody to slide a check over the table. And I think, you know, it, it's something that a lot of first-time entrepreneurs just don't quite realize. So I'm glad uh, I'm glad you took us down that path. Um, so let's talk about, you know, you're finally, you've been doing your monthly updates for a while, you're building your business, you know. Did you have kind of goals in mind for? I need the product to get to this point. I need this many customers. I need this team, and then I'll be ready to raise capital. Or was it was it just kind of you know kind of winging it a little bit as you went along? How did you think about that?
1: Yeah, that's that's a great question. So how I structured it was was a couple ways. Is one is someone told me that when you officially start fundraising, you have you know like the clock starts right the second you tell someone, hey, our round is open. We'd love to if you want to invest, right? They're going to be like, okay, well, you know, a month later, two months later, three months later, well, what happened? And usually, have roughly about 90 days to really get that round completely together and, and close down. And because, you know, like, because we didn't really know who we we're going to get money from, I was like, I was like, well, we got to figure this out. So, what I did was, I said, hey, you know, we're thinking about fundraising. You know, what do you think? Right? Like, oh, or here are some terms that we're, we're talking to a couple of people. You, know, you you want to create this 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 demand or, or fear of missing out right so oh we've been talking to a couple of investors they've been following our journey they're very excited about it people have been asking about investing in the business and we're, we're still kind of thinking through it a little bit uh what are your thoughts and your feedback and one of the questions I would always always ask is what would you need to see to feel comfortable investing in our business yep and and that gave very very clear milestones and like oh well it's the right team or, you know, the product needs to be working, or you have some revenue or you need a pilot or, you know, and once I, I started getting, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> and, and, and once I had those, those proof points and those milestones, that was, that was a stake in the sand. Right. I said, Oh, Oh, great. Well, I'll really will take note of that. You know, we're not officially fundraising yet, but, but I'll let you know. Um, and then after I started having those conversations, giving updates, the questions i to be asking, oh well, we're thinking about fundraising. We already have you know three or four people who express interest. If we decided to fundraise, would you be at all interested in participating, right? And they're like, oh yeah, I'd be interested in learning more. But okay, cool. Well, we're not officially there yet. We'll see. There's still a lot of exciting things going on, but you know I'll, I'll keep you posted. And once you get enough enough of that like like super soft circle, and what I mean by that is not someone hasn't committed a dollar amount, but right. they said, hey, like I, I would love to learn more and I would love to be engaged. Once I had enough of those people, I said, look, well, if we have, you know, 10, 15, 20 people and the check size is, you know, you know, most of the first one of capital. So all I took check sizes as small as $5,000, yep, right? Yep. Because I'm like, look, I just need the money in. I said, look, if we can get this between $5,000 and $50,000 checks, depending on the person, I can get an idea of how much money we had on the super soft circle. The second that we had enough people that said, Hey, like I'd be interested, and you know, here are the terms are worth thinking about, the messaging was, hey, so we're gonna be opening up a round and I'm coming to you first because you're interested in participating. Okay. And so within the first week, we're about 50% raised because I had already built this relationship for months on end. And we've been talking to them for weeks about this idea of putting together a, a round together. So people were already positioned to participate. And then once people start investing, then they wanted to pull their friends in and their buddies and other people in the network. And then, you know, next thing you know, we're, we're oversubscribed. Right. And it was just kind of the snowball that at first you're going to have to really take your time and where you're kind of directing it. But once you get that right momentum, it just starts to build on itself, which is really, really helpful.
0: So, did you effectively create your own term sheet and just didn't even, did you have a lead at all? Or did you just, Kind of create your own term sheet and pull in 20, 30 investors and and just brought it all together at once.
1: That's exactly what we did. We created our we created our own terms um, for both of our rounds, actually. So we did safe notes on, on both of them and said, Hey, you know, you know, before I just put a, a stake in the sense that this is the number, you just you kind of feel it out a little bit, right? You know, and if you have enough people that agree to the terms, if someone else later down the road complains about it, say you the messaging is, hey, look. We're giving all of our investors the same terms, mm-hmm. and if you don't want to participate in your, that's fine. Just wait to the next round of capital. It's more expensive for you, but this is what's already agreed upon, and this is what we're doing. And more often than not, people are like, cool, that makes sense, and they would want to follow on and participate that way. So it's uh really just creating enough momentum, whether it's from product, whether it's on team, you know, it's a little bit of of storytelling. But the best way to do that is is bring people on the, that journey with you, and that's really what made it a lot easier.
0: That's awesome. And, um, you know, so, you know, what was, how long did that process take? Were we talking three, four months?
1: So the, the entire process really, really took probably about probably shoot, man, maybe, maybe about nine months until we officially opened the round yep. and then we closed it like three months afterwards. So, so almost an entire year yeah. of, of planning to raise money. Right. And it's, it's the, um, I forget exactly how the quote goes, but essentially it's the, the worst time to start preparing for the marathon is during the marathon, right? <laughs> and so for me, that's kind of what it was like. It's like, okay, well, what can I do to be as prepared as possible? Because I knew that, you know, I'm fundraising in the Boston area. And the second that word gets out that we're fundraising and people are starting saying no, 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 then there's eventually going to be this effect. of I spoke to everyone, and everyone said no, right? <laughs> so if I can get enough of those, how to like turn those no's into yeses, then like, sweet, we'll go do that, right? And and then once we had that, oh, I'm interested if you can do these core things, perfect. Took a note of that, hey, we spoke last month. You said if we did these core three things, you know, you'd be interested in learning more we've done these core three things and more. And in addition, we have other interest from investors. And, you know, you almost kind of create this message of like, yeah, so I didn't even want the fund rate, but there are so many people throwing money at us. We just decided to take it, you know?
0: <laughs> um, and I, you know, I can assure all our viewers out there, aspiring entrepreneurs that Derek is actually one of the hardest working entrepreneurs I've ever seen. I mean, you and I had a few email exchanges, I think at like 5am some days, you were up in your apartment and and working through things. And um, certainly haven't seen too many founders who've who've put in the hours that you have to to get your business off the ground, to also learn uh, about how to be an entrepreneur as well as, as fundraise. So, you know, what was the reward like at the end of that, you know, the day that you got all the checks in for that first safe note, you put in so much effort over the previous 12 to 24 months, you went through mass challenge, you did all these things. What did it, What was the feeling like that that day you got you got funded?
1: Yeah, so I I remember specifically the the first check that hit our bank account. It was a it was a fifteen thousand dollar check that we had in our bank account, and I, I remember I was sitting at my desk at Math Challenge, and I you know checked the bank account and it was there, and I literally cried. Like it was it was it was just this this whole idea of like you internalized something for so long. And then it's an outward expression of people joining that journey with you
0: yes and,
1: and i think that's really the secret of being a, a good ceo a good entrepreneur is the ability to be able to cast the vision in a way that people can be a part of that journey and say hey i can i'm gonna raise my hand and i can help do this and uh and that was the the, the best feeling and, and and even today as we're, we continue to get checks it's like hey it's great when people volunteer their time but when people can believe in you with their dollars, it just, it carries a whole nother weight. And and so like one of the things that's been very important for me is all of our advisors and board members are also investors in the business. And, yep. and it just there's a different level of skin in the game. And and I personally, I put some money in, you know, in the early days and it's just like, like, Hey, like I'm, I'm literally giving my all my, my, my time, my body, my attention. And of course I'm trying to do things like I'm back into my 6am gym routine, get myself <laughs> healthy because the reality is if I'm not healthy, then my business won't be healthy and then my team won't be healthy. And then it just, it's a spiraling thing. So it's uh it's even today. It's, it's, uh, I'll, I'll tell you uh, a little bit of a story. So I remember When I first started thinking about entrepreneurship, and I would look at some of these companies, and there were a few programs that they would get accepted to, and they would do these things, and you'd be featured in these places like Forbes and others, and I'd say, man, like if I could just intern for a company like that, like that would be, that would be incredible. I'd like I don't have to get paid. Yeah, I never really fathomed like I would be the CEO of a company that's going through that process and and raising funding and and you know being featured in all these incredible places. So. It's uh sometimes I wish I could go back in time and just you know tell my 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 freshman year of college self like hey man like it's gonna work out just be patient right and, and I think that's really my encouragement to the, these listeners is you know it often takes ten years to be an overnight success right down right. to consistency and just doing what you love
0: <laughs> right it, you know I, it, it's it's phenomenal that you're sharing your story with us I think you're. You're, so many aspiring entrepreneurs out there are going to be able to relate to your story and, and you're going to be inspiring for them to, you know, be patient, follow their process. In the end, you'll find the right people to go on the journey with. Every no you get is just getting you closer to the right yes. I think those are all uh, phenomenal uh, and inspirational words of wisdom uh, from your journey, is, is there anything that you said you just raised a second round? Was there anything that you learned in in that round that um, you might want to share with people uh, before we finish?
1: Yeah, so so this round was a little bit different. So the first, so the, it was the structure. Of the round was the same. So we both we did sales for both rounds. The biggest difference was for this round we actually have some institutional money that participated, uh, which is great, but also a little intimidating because. When you when you get money from angels, a lot of times it's it's just straight up like, hey, like yeah, do you have a, 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 a are you incorporated? Yes, cool. I like our <laughs> deal. There's a check, right? Like that was kind of it. Um, you know, in, these institutions. I mean, I mean, there's a whole due diligence process and you know financial review and 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 a lot of things. That fortunately, I had the right people around me who said, hey, Derek, before you get to this point, make sure your business is in order, right? And so that made the process a little bit easier for, for myself as we're going through and say, hey, you know, we already have, you know, like a you know like a data room with our, our, our with our cap tables and all this stuff in it. Um, but I would say if anyone is thinking about raising a larger round of capital and going to you know venture or or stage funds, seed funds, whatever that may be is make sure your house is in order. Yes. Uh, that's probably the, the number one advice I can I can mean. It's just make sure you have the right team, make sure you have the right, you know, legal structure, you know, make sure you understand exactly what you're giving up for your ask. Make sure they're the right people because once you get in bed, it's like like they're there forever, right? So it's being very intentional, and, and I'm really proud of the investors that we have. And you know, there's some stuff that I can't share yet publicly. So yep. it's yep. in the coming weeks, um, these things will be announced. But it's it's been really great finding people that align with my vision, my culture. Um, and it bleeds directly into our team members of, you know, who I work with every single day. And, and that's one of the things I'm, I'm most proud of is, is, is I was talking to my team about this yesterday. It's like, Hey, look, I'm full of energy. We all know that. But I was like, I don't want to be the person that is only carrying the torch. And I said, I right. want to make sure that all of our team members feel that enthusiasm and passion for the work that we're doing, the people that we're helping the products that we're building. Um, and I'm like, Hey, if you want to talk to an investor, like just reach out to them. And, and this level of transparency and just communication um, it's it's been really cool. It's been really cool that to have that and 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 see how our team members really feel not just Derek's business, but like, hey, like we're all building this together yep. because really it's 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 my team that makes me look good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you're you're um you're an inspiring leader. I'm sure your team is is proud to be part of Pay or Pay. I I for one uh can't wait to see how successful you can be and how you're gonna be able to help all these uh, you know, all your customers out there and, and, and I'm, I'm looking forward to the rest of your journey and, and following that journey. So, um, but I do have one final question to ask you before we finish and that's how would you describe yourself in one word?
1: Ooh. So the, um, one of my, one of my, my coaches told me, he gave me this analogy of what it was. He said, Derek, you're a wind up toy. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know if that's a compliment. Should I be offended by that? Like, what does that what does that mean? He's like, he's like, let me explain. He's like, these little like toy, you know, you know, cars or little yep. like characters that walk and you wind them up, you crank them up, you put them down, and they go. They'll bump into a wall, they just redirect and they keep going. They might fall over or stumble, but you can pick them back up, they they keep going. And he's like, Derek, he's like, it seems like no matter what obstacles in your way, you bounce off the wall, you adjust, and you just keep going. That's and awesome. I, and I think that's, and that's, you know, some encouragement also give to those listeners is, is, is that's kind of the, like, I, I joke and say, the secret entrepreneurs is just, just don't die. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and that's kind <laughs> of what it is. It's, it's like, look, it's I, it's not that I've had the perfect idea or I had the best product or I had the, the perfect team day one or I had all the experience day one. It was just, I made a decision that I'm gonna go and solve this problem and I'm gonna grow and I'm gonna get better at it. And I made that commitment that every single day I'm gonna get better. Um, and, and that's, it's my story. I, I mean, I didn't go to the, the the most high end school. I don't know how to code. I'm self-taught in graphic design. I do book reading, I listen to podcasts. I, I'm just committed to growth and learning. And so it's not like I had the the, the perfect formula uh, day one. And so I think that's kind of the, the cool thing about my story is is I'm kind of the, the unlikely founder, um, but I've just been committed to the process, and it's, it's worked out.
0: That's awesome. Well, you've provided some tremendous advice and best practices here for our listeners. I really appreciate it. Uh, you're an amazing person, and I, I just wish you nothing but the best success going forward. Don't crash into too many more walls, but I do, I do know you will get back up when you do. So. Uh, Congratulations on all your success, Derek, and thanks for being on the Fundable Founders today. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Fundable Founder. Please go to our website at mass-ventures.com for more information on Mass Ventures and where you can also find other episodes just like this.